Welcome to the Mind Money Motion program, where we focus on worrying less about money by keeping our mind and body healthy. I am your host, Marie Burns, a certified financial planner, speaker, author, and founder of the education business called Mind Money Motion. My discussions on this podcast will help you improve your mind by maintaining a positive outlook and active brain, or your money by learning to use your financial tools wisely, or your motion by incorporating healthy diet and exercise habits, all so you can enjoy less worry and more life. I have a guest this morning that is going to address the topic that we're all thinking about much more than we thought we ever would have to, and that is health insurance. In my Mind Money Motion podcast, we touch on a variety of topics. And if we can save dollars, we worry less about running out of money. And the Mind Money Motion concept is if you take care of your mind and your body, life also costs less. So what better topic to talk about than health insurance, where we're trying to get the best bang for a buck, but get the coverage that we need. Today, my guest is Jane Castle from Castle Benefits. She helps folks with her wonderful heart to listen to their circumstances and find the best match for their health insurance. She's been uh, in this healthcare industry for over 10 years in other aspects of health industry forever prior to that. We all have a second career in life. Um, but I'm anxious to talk to Jane today because I've really noticed myself personally a lot of changes in health insurance premiums and coverage over the last uh, several recent years. So welcome, Jane, and thanks for being with me today. Thank you, Marie. I appreciate it. You know, I used to be one of those folks that when I had an employer and it was just another deduction from my paycheck, the health insurance was really not something you thought much about every year because the company didn't change, the coverage didn't change, the premium didn't change. And then all of a sudden, it like doubled or tripled the premium and the employers are changing the providers every year and you almost can't keep up with with what's going on. And then if you're self-employed, oh boy, that's that's a whole situation. So can you help us understand what happened exactly. to the health <laughs> Yeah, huge change. And for someone coming from the corporate world to the individual market, it's jaw-dropping. They are really pretty clueless. Um, they didn't have to pay attention to this, so they really don't know what happened. So here's what happened. So in 2010, the Affordable Care Act, we call it ACA for short, it, it's nicknamed Obamacare. That law was passed in March of 2010. And then in January of 2014, it fully went into effect. And with that, um, that stated that everyone had to have insurance. And the market that it impacted the most really was the individual market. That's where the biggest change was. And so when we hear open enrollment, that type of thing, we're really talking about that individual market. And so the first year it was okay. Uh, we had about a 20% increase, uh, but there was the mandate and the penalty. So people bought it anyway, but that younger market that they were trying to force to buy it, who didn't have insurance before the Invincibles, they didn't buy it either. And so now the next year we had an additional 20% rate increase. And so it went up uh, like 40%. And then in 2016, I believe it was, we had like 118% increase. And at that point, at the end of 2016, the carriers simply left. So every single carrier, Blue Cross, United, Humana, everyone that we know uh, that we're used to going to, they all pulled out of the market. 
and this came late in the year. And so here we were sitting in September with no carriers and it was, we were coming into open enrollment. So Ambetter stepped back in, which is really health net and they offered four plans, but we still had a county with, uh, with no insurance. Okay. So now you national news at that point. And so you and I, and we should clarify this for those listening, because for the podcast, you never know what state someone's in. You and I oh, are in sure. Arizona. Right. And, and I moved here from Wisconsin. So one of my thoughts was, oh, well, maybe it's a state to state difference that I was experiencing, uh, although that sounds like that was not the case. But so you're licensed in Arizona. And how does health insurance work? I know I have clients in, in about eight states, so I need to be licensed in each one of those states. How sure. does that work for health insurance? Yeah. So to answer your first question, it was a little bit state to state. I mean, it impacted the whole U.S., but there were um, a 30% of the U.S. had uh, less than three carriers, like two, one or only one or two carriers, uh, which which just doesn't work. There's no you know com- competition that way. So yes, we have to be licensed in a state in order to sell it. You have to live. Uh, you have to buy insurance in the state that you live in, right? Um, or I have to be licensed in that state. So I, I have about four states I'm licensed in right now, and I've been adding them as the opportunities come up, you know, where the needs are. Sure. So I am willing to, you know, help people in other states. And depending on the product that I'm selling, I do have one particular product that it does not require that because I work under a, like a general agent and I can use their license. Okay, that, that's great to know and, and helpful for us, I think, as healthcare shoppers to understand yeah now you, you also mentioned here we are in october open enrollment we hear that term every year so what exactly does that mean to the corporate employee and the self-employed individual sure so with corporate um this particular open enrollment period does not apply however with the trend of what happened in the industry employers are moving more so towards a january 1 effective date when they renew so it does in a lot of cases, probably 75% of the time, employers are renewing at this time as well. We also have Medicare open enrollment at this time as well. So most of the entire U.S. is in open enrollment starting <laughs> somewhere. You know, Medicare is in October. Um, that for this individual market, it's November 1st to December 15th. So we have six weeks for everyone to make decisions, make changes, and get enrolled for January 1 start date. Wow, that's a that's a cram time period, and yet at the same time, it's important to decide what what you think you're going to need the, the following year. I know right. one thought that's crossed my mind, and and then it went out the other side, and I didn't do it. But you start to ask yourself, okay, I'm paying these premiums, and I'm paying these high deductibles. Why do I even need health insurance? I'm paying for it all anyway. And then you hear, and if you pay cash, the price is different through some of the providers or maybe many of the providers. So can right. you help us understand the argument really of, of why we really still need health insurance? It seems very unfair, first of all, and it's a big issue that there's an insurance rate and a cash rate. So this is where you might say some of the wrongdoing is happening. Um, and so for someone, that, that's exactly what they say. It's like, well, I'm why have insurance? It's cheaper when I pay cash. And oftentimes it is depending on the service. But there's that catastrophic event, right? That that major car accident, that that cancer diagnosis, that surgery. So the whole purpose of insurance is to protect us from financial ruin. It was never meant to pay for everything. 
And with the way the law is now, it's really more like a prepaid insurance plan because it's covering 100% of our preventative. It's covering pre-existing, of course, right? So it doesn't matter what kind of health you're in. Um, and it covers a lot of things that we really could just negotiate cash for. Uh, immunizations, for example, or wellness visits, we can plan for those things. And so the things that we can plan for, you can usually get a, you know, a decent cash price. Imaging is especially an area that's very offensive in, in upcharging. Like you can get an MRI for about $400 at a freestanding clinic compared to maybe sometimes as high as 4,000 at a hospital. Ooh. So there's a huge disparity. And this is what, you know, we really need to correct for healthcare to work. Yes. And, and so then in this whole thought process of, do I really need it? And previously, and I know this has changed, there was a penalty to think about on top of it, right? Right. So the penalty went away. That was one of the things that Trump did. He took the uh, January, 2019, the penalty was removed. So what was great about that is now we get our freedom back. So this individual market is people leaving corporate, people retiring early. They wanted the game of life people you work with, right? And they wanna retire before 65, before they have Medicare, they go out to the marketplace, they, they are not subsidized because they did well. And then they're looking at spending maybe a thousand easily, uh, depending on age, thousand, 1,200, $1,400, dollars a month for a single person, that doesn't work. And so for those people, I look for alternative solutions. Okay, so let's talk about what what do those things kind of look like, those alternative solutions? I think it's one key thing to know that there are other solutions other mm -hmm. than the market, like you said. So then I know it can get complicated, maybe overview some of the general types of other solutions that people should be aware of. Sure, right. So yeah, since the penalty was removed, now we have the freedom to, to be have more consumer-driven healthcare, right? things that work for us. And so we're not paying for excess. Um, a guy doesn't need maternity, you know, maternity <laughs> coverage, right? That's it anyway. <laughs> woman in her late 50s, 60s does not need maternity, right? And yet we're paying for it. So um, there's basically three products that I've discovered out there that are the go-to. And I don't agree with all of them as a solution, but but it's what some people are turning to. So first of all, the short-term medical, which was designed to be short-term, just like it says. And that's really to get you from job to job. Let's say you're in a corporate, you lose your job, you're, you got laid off, you're without insurance for three months, six months, you're going through your wait period. And it, it covers that gap and it's really catastrophic. It doesn't cover pre-existing, uh, it doesn't cover preventative. It's just to cover that catastrophic, like what we talked about. Why do we have insurance in the first place? We and is need that, that catastrophic coverage. And is that is there an age or income limitation on that one? Has nothing to do with age, has nothing to do with the ACA law, okay. uh, does not fall under that. Um, Age-wise, you can go up to age 65. These under these individual products are under age 65. Okay. Um, so that is a solution that many brokers have gone to just because they're not aware of other solutions, I think. There's pitfalls to that. So it's meant to get you through short-term when people rely on it for long-term. It's really now becoming, it's a, it's a short-term solution for a long-term problem. You always have to qualify, you have to go through underwriting. So let's say you did get diagnosed with something serious. When it comes up for renewal, you're not going to be accepted. And now what do you do? Mm -hmm. So now you have a pre-existing condition and you're forced to go on to uh, the marketplace to get an Affordable Care Act plan when you were trying to avoid it in the first place because it's way, be, you know, it's the price of your mortgage. So I do not recommend that solution, although it's being used quite a bit. 
So there's, there's pitfalls to that and you need to know what those are. Another solution would be medical cost sharing or um, healthcare sharing ministries. And so those started about 25, 30 years ago, mostly faith-based. And what that is, is that's just a membership. It's a group of people sharing each other's needs. And it's not insurance at all. It's not governed by Department of Insurance. It's an agreement. Um, they work. The faith-based ones have a lot of restrictions as far as religious requirements. And, um, and then there's a newer breed of those, and uh, a newer group of those that are not faith-based. And that's what I actually work with because it's inclusive. And, um, you know, the shortcomings to everything, right? There's pros and cons. Um, that works good for the catastrophic. Basically, you have a need amount that you choose. It can be typically like a thousand to five thousand, something like that. And you're responsible for everything up to that point. So really with that, you're just buying the catastrophic and you're paying for those smaller costs yourself. And then the third solution, which I was introduced to last year, about a year and a half ago, um, it's not new, it was just new to me. And that's a defined benefit plan, an indemnity plan where everything is defined out, but you get these first dollar benefits. So uh, opposite of cost sharing, where you have to pay everything first, this plan, pay, the insurance carrier pays first. So you've got your outpatient, your doctor's visit, specialist, urgent care, all of that, like you might expect. And they treat it more like real insurance. It's, it's like a, it's a back to the future kind of insurance. It's more what insurance used to be before the law came in. So it does go through underwriting. They do take some, some conditions. They'll take a type two diabetic, you know, we'll take high blood pressure, high cholesterol. You might pay a little more um, for like type two diabetics. We'll, we'll accept them. Uh, but you'll have a weight. So you just have to know, and I'm very good at educating people on, hey, you have a pre-existing, you're going to have a one-year wait. Is this a disease you can pay cash for? Are you concerned that you'll ever end up in the hospital with it? Mm -hmm. And if you're good with all that, then I can save you 30, 40, 50% easily. And you'll have something that actually performs better uh, because you've got first dollar benefits. You've got a cash allowance for each of these kinds of visits. And it comes first, no co-pays and never a deductible unless you're in the hospital. So that's my favorite solution. Uh, and it's completely customizable. You can build it lean or build it rich. So I really completely customize it to the person's needs and they'll know exactly what's covered and what's not covered. You need to know what the plan will do and what it will not do. And you have to be comfortable with that. So, so those are my three alternative solutions. That's, that's helpful to kind of narrow it down to three different categories because it sure does seem confusing and and uh, it sounds like there are several things that we really need to consider before we choose ourselves. Right, and that's where a broker is really helpful. So the way I work, I'm very boutique-ish. Um, I, I really like working in this individual market. My, um, I really focus on that, that self-employed person, that small business owner with, you know, maybe like one or two to five to 10 to 15 employees where, um, you know, that United Healthcare Blue Cross, you know, plan is just not working for them. They can't afford to follow the rules of that and pay 50% of the premium when it's that kind of a rate. So I'm, I'm under, I'm working with this under the radar group of um, business people. And I really love that one-on-one. -on -one. So it's very boutique. Um, and I do an intake of really get down and ask those personal questions. What's your health like? you know, what prescriptions are you on? What is going on in your life and what's important to you? We look at income and we look at health and then I sort. And, you know, sometimes these 
people might belong on an ACA plan, they might be highly subsidized. And if they are, I'm certified for that. And I will put them on that when that's the right thing to do. So, but for someone who's above this particular income level, it's still a sorting process, whether the cost sharing or the indemnity plan is the best choice. Sure. You know, as a certified financial planner, I get asked the, the every year or every four year question. So what do you think elections are going to do to you right. know, taxes, estate planning, investments, et cetera? Yes. So I'm sure you're, you're getting some of those questions from the, how do we think the health insurance landscape? Yes. I have people already calling and they're like, well, I'm going to wait for the election. And I'm like, no, don't do that because here's how it works. The carriers already had to put in their plan design. They had to submit to department of insurance for our plans that we're going to see in 2020 that happened back in April already. So they have to submit that very early. It gets approved over the summer in September, October, we get, you know, final approval. And then October, like the end of October, like I haven't even seen rates yet. So we'll see those here very, very shortly. We're just right around the corner from open enrollment. Mm -hmm. So that's really done a year in advance. Okay. So people are, yeah, whatever's going to happen. There might be a few changes like the executive orders. We will get um, hopefully some price transparency, lower price prescriptions. But hey, remember when this law went into effect in 2010, it took four years to put it in place. We are turning a huge ship. And then once you've had something given to you, when you take it back, right, you, this pre-existing condition, there's going to be much screaming over that. So they're looking at if it gets repealed, there's always, you know, let's keep certain things in place. And I'm positive the pre-existing condition would have to stay in place. Sure. It would be too upsetting to too many people. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I so, agree with that. That makes yeah. sense. So whatever changes happen, I am quite sure they will be far down the road. Only tiny changes like removing the penalty. And even that took, what, six months to go into effect, something like that. Sure. Yeah. So don't wait. Just we have to uh, make decisions based on our current information. Right. Great. Good, good, good thoughts. So if we had to boil it down to three things that you really hope listeners take away from the conversation today or, or to just be aware of or reminders about healthcare insurance, what, what would you say those, those three takeaways should be if they're still listening? Yeah, sure. So first of all, don't go bare. Like have something, have a little something. It's better than nothing, especially if you can get in like with the network. Even if uh, something's not covered, at least you may get the in-network discount. So something's better than nothing. Don't put that responsibility on other people. And then don't wait till last minute. So all brokers, all the carriers, everyone's overwhelmed these last two months of the year. Make an appointment. Don't wait. Uh, because if you do need to get on the marketplace, that window, November 1st, December 15th, is very, very short. And then the good news is if you miss that and you qualify for one of these other plans I talked about, that is year round. You can pick that up anytime. So you, you don't have to miss out completely when you think it's over, it's not totally over. And then the fact that you have choices. Most people believe they're forced to go out onto healthcare.gov and get a plan. They don't know they have other choices and they do. If they're generally healthy without some major issues, um, they have choices and I think they're much better choices and much better value. Great, well, where can folks take a look at those kinds of choices um, that you're talking about and then reach out to you uh, individually if they need to as well? Sure, yeah, so um, my phone is 602. 
289-5263. My preference is to simply call and schedule an appointment. I have staff taking those calls so that when you, I work with you and it's your appointment time, completely interrupted, no phone calls, nothing distracting us, and you get a very generous allotment of time. So call and make an appointment. Uh, my staff will get you on my calendar for either a phone call or Zoom. That's the best. So 602-279-5263. Uh, and then my website is just castlebenefits.com. That's K-A-S-S-E-L, castlebenefits.com. Awesome. Well, I know I sure appreciate what you do in helping families. And uh, oh, so it's, like, it's like any service that, any professional service that, that you need. You, you need to be comfortable with the person that you're working with to see mm -hmm. that they, they really care about what they're doing and they can trust you to listen to your circumstance and then Look at the menu of choices and stay on top of what's current and find the best solution for you. So thank you, Jane Castle, for what you do. And um, we'll look forward to visiting again in the future. Thank you so much, Maria. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mind Money Motion, where we shared how to worry less about money by taking care of our mind and body. You can find this podcast, past episodes, and related tools and resources at mindmoneymotion.com or find us on Facebook. You can also check out this and other great podcasts at csuitenetwork.com. Please join us next time for Less Worry, More Life. I'm Marie Burns. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.